0: This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself. Bob
1: Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite as always, the exact opposite represented by my lovely co-host, Ramon B. How are you, Ramon? I am having fun as always. Oh my goodness, are we having fun? Yep. Look at me. I'm looking looking at you. Look how
2: excited I am. I
1: know. You look like you're beside yourself. with fun. There's two of you. Oh, no. That's my eyes are crossing. Yes. Now, uh, we always start with what I like to call the headlines of the day. Actual paper. Newspaper. Now – Ripped from the headlines. This is more of a um, what do you think. Okay. It's really a headline. But do you think we'll ever – see a day when somebody is putting up a statue of somebody famous for tearing down statues? That's pretty deep. <laughs> That's pretty deep. What was it Jack Handy? Yeah. Deep, <laughs> deep, deep thoughts. Deep Jack Handy. That's what we're doing. So uh, have, what do you think of those? Remember, did you, my favorite tearing down the statue was – when they were tearing down the statue and then it fell on one of the guys that was tearing it down. and just see I that? I did not oh, see I that love one. That. I love that a little too much. Yeah. OK. That's just- oh, <laughs> You shouldn't love there that. There are statues I think they should tear down. I don't want to be controversial. OK. Although we commonly are here. We're not afraid of it. I'm, I shouldn't ask you, but which one? Well, I was saying, I forget. I think it was Memphis, Tennessee. I'm not sure about this. But there was a statue. It better statue. not be an Elvis. I, I believe I the guy's name you. is Nathan Bedford Forrest, the founder of the Ku Klux Klan. They had a statue of in town re- square. I thought, okay. this is offensive. That one. Yeah. <laughs> we need to lose this guy. That one could yeah. come down, melt it down. And I'm a Republican. And the Ku Klux Klan used to hang Republicans. So I take it personal. Well, yeah. I understand. Yeah. So, you know, that's the way it goes. So, uh, first of all, uh, we're going to start with a. Motivational quote of the day. Do we we have any intro music for the motivation? We do not. (laughs) We should get that. We do so few motivational things we don't even mess with the the music. But comparison is the thief of joy. Teddy Roosevelt said that. Very nice. Yeah. When you're comparing yourself – like Facebook, you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. Oh, look what they had for breakfast. I only had bacon and eggs. I had steak and tomato. What did you have for breakfast? A piece of toast. Okay, pretty exciting. That's kind of dull, I will say. Well, he, have, it was an exotic toast or just white bread toast? Uh, sourdough so that's oh that is no, thing. I like the sourdough bread. I, more, I don't eat bread. but when I do, I, I would enjoy a piece of sourdough
2: bread. here's here's a uh, an inspirational thought I had mm-hmm. just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. An idea is salvation by imagination. <laughs> I just read your t-shirt. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Is that what it says?
2: Yes, it does.
1: <laughs> Do you know where I got this? Where would you get that? At the Taliesin West, Frank Lloyd Wright, All which right. is literally walking distance from my house. Do you know why?
2: Because you live if, close by. Well,
1: no. Everything <laughs> is walking distance if you have enough time. hey I don't have that kind of time, but yeah. Well, thanks for the T shirt yeah i inspired friend, me. my friend was the tour guide there now, I was the tour guide at the Tovria Castle. Did I ever tell you about that? No, have you seen the Tovria castle yes okay well i was a I was a uh, what do they call them docents it's something that old people do in their spare time if you 're a history buff or something so. Wow. yeah so i I went and took the tour finally, after living here for sixty five years I take the tour and uh, you know it was, it was lovely
2: well i didn't mean to compare my Thought
1: with your inspirational thought. just pot. saying? An idea
2: is, is salvation, salvation by, imagination. by imagination. You should I mean. always read your t-shirts
1: before you I, I, put them on. Salivation by imagination, maybe. So comparison is the thief of joy. Uh, don't be comparing yourself to other real estate agents. And I, I, uh, I, I did that. You know, when I was brand new in real estate, I was thinking, why did these. People who look like idiots. I mean, frankly, these people did not look like geniuses. Why did to you me. stare at me when you said that? I know I was just looking, I, um, I'm aiming at you. Okay, you know, you're across the thing. But um, I'd look at the people in my office. I go, these people don't look like geniuses, and they seem to be driving a very fancy car, and they live in a in a big expensive house, and I'm a you know 27 year old Harley riding Afro doofus. Um, and i'm judging them that's the funny thing but um and then I realized you know they uh did not real estate was not their first real job you know they were retired from some other job where they had made a lot of money or they you know were married to somebody who makes a lot of money. so I was comparing myself in a, maybe not a fair comparison uh, but i then I said, I just need to be me. And uh, and and be willing to change me. So I wanted to, I did want to earn a lot of money, and I failed for five years. Thank God I met Floyd Wickman, and, and that changed that. But it was, it was the right skills and the right schedule and the right systems that uh, that fixed it for me. And I would say to you, uh, if you're listening and you're earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, the fix for that is the right skills, the right systems, and the right schedule. So. Um, so, again, comparison is the thief of joy. It sucks, it sucks the life out of you. So stay off of Facebook. You, you kids, stay off of Facebook. Put that down. So uh, speaking of comparison, we do this thing called a CMA, which, of course, stands for
2: Country Music Awards. No, it
1: doesn't stand for that. It stands for Comparative. You see, I'm, del- I'm delivering this for you now to save you you're, the pain. When you're doing my jokes, you know you're in trouble. I've heard it uh, a couple of times. It was like when I was working at a French restaurant. You know where the Tortilla Factory is? Have you ever heard of that place in downtown Scottsdale? No. All right. Well, it used to be called La Chamiere. It was the f- most famous, very fancy French restaurant. And uh, they would play this French music. And then when you, when you hear yourself humming along to the French music, you know you're losing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. bad. And you can sing the French song, that's not good. Wee wee. Wee wee, monsieur. Not in my car, you don't. So, uh, uh, so, compare, so we're talking about pricing. So, there's uh, overpricing the listing. Now, we're going into a market, we're in a market where the prices are going down. Well, now, when the prices were shooting up uh, for the last several, many years, actually overpricing the listing might not matter if you took a long enough listing. But these days, when the, it's, it's going to be very easy to overprice the listing. So I, I know even my coaching students are finding it much more challenging to price their listings right. So uh, when it comes to pricing, uh, and by the way, overpricing the listing, what could possibly hurt the seller more than that? I mean, that's, that's the worst thing you could possibly do to the seller. So when you're doing pricing and you're going to do a market analysis, there's kind of two points of view that, uh, that agents do. And now I always teach agents when they're booking the listing appointment to ask the million-dollar question. So uh, seller's price opinion, write that down, SPO, seller's price opinion. So we're asking them questions. You know, I got to do a little homework about your house. How many bedrooms have you got? How many bathrooms? How many this? How many that? And then I would slide in. Uh, if you were going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house? And they go, I don't know. And I'd say, well, if you did know what would the answer be? And then they say, you know, 315419 dollars and twenty-seven cents, because they know, right? Or occasionally they'd they'd say, well, I really don't have any idea. Well, you know, for a million dollars, you'd guess. And they'd say, well, gee, Bob, isn't it your job to tell me how much my house is worth? I'd say, look, this is a mental health quiz. I'm trying to find out if you're nuts before I show up. So what's the answer, right? So I get him to answer it. So I write that down. Then I do the CMA. Now, I think most realtors have this point of view. How can I justify the price that the seller told me they think their house is worth?
2: And it's always going to be really high, right?
1: Well, it, it's commonly I – notice, I notice this. I mean this is, a, this is an observation, actual observation. We should have observation uh, bumper music, but we don't. Uh, so everybody should write down 350. So let's say the seller thinks it's worth 350, okay? Uh, the agent that I coach thinks it's worth 325. It usually turns out it's worth 300. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of that a right? rule that's kind of a rule of thumb. So if, if agents were objective, they would be wrong on their CMAs half the time too low and half the time too high right? Well, it really doesn't work that way. It's, they're almost always wrong too high. So we can, we're not going to pretend there's objectivity. The seller's voice is in their head when they're doing the CMA. And they're thinking, how can I justify the seller's price opinion? So uh, the, the point of view I would want you to have is why would any buyer pay X for that house. Well,
2: what if the the client says, well, I've been on Zillow and I've seen that it's going to be worth $400,000 or more?
1: Well, I would say stay off of Zillow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Zillow is a robot that does a price per square foot analysis. And uh, the trouble with price per square foot analysis is it doesn't take in the value of the land. And the land is uh, many times three quarters or ninety percent of the value of the home. Okay. So depending on where you live. Mm. So uh, so for example, if you if you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you've got a uh, nine hundred square foot one bath nineteen fifty three house, okay, uh, in average condition, let's say, and and then you've got in L.A., you've got a 900-square-foot, three-bedroom, one-bath house in very average condition. Which house is worth more? What would you guess? I'm guessing Los Angeles. Both houses are worth the same. That's where they're The part, lot yeah. underneath them is worth a lot different. So
2: now, I've heard the – It would be loc- $1.2 million in L.A. So it's true. Location, location, That's location. That's true. Yeah. That's exactly right. right.
1: So – so why would any buyer pay this for that house is the point of view I would take when I'm doing the market analysis. I'm not going to try to justify the seller's opinion. Now, I'm going to list it in a way to make the buyer grossly overpay, which is what the seller wants me to do. Of course, that will happen, but I'm not going to, I don't want to lie to them about what fair market value is. So when I'm doing a uh, market analysis, the goal is to find out what is fair market value so here so please write this down fair market value equals one showing a day after the initial spurt is over so let's say i take a listing at 350000 and on day 1 i get 5 showings on day 2 i get 4 on day 3 i get 4 on day Five, I get, you know, five, and then it goes down, and and at the end of the second week, I'm getting consistently a showing a day. Okay, that means I'm not going to have to wait thirty days uh, to get that sold at that price of three fifty. So, if I have a listing, any of you are listening, and I tell you I have a listing, and I'm only getting three showings a week, you'd say oh, Bob, you're a little overpriced. I'd say, yeah, that sounds right. If I said, you know, I've got this listing and I'm I'm getting three showings a day, you'd say, gee, sounds like you're a little underpriced. You know, not much. So between three showings a day and three showings a week is one showing a day. That is the definition of fair market value. And anybody who tells you that comps have anything to do with the definition of fair market value, once you're on the market, the market is telling you, you might not want to hear it, but it's always right. The market never lies. You might say, well, there's a tenant in the house and it's hard to show. I go, yeah, and that lowers the value of the house. If you want to get the tenant out, then the house will be worth more. Or, uh, you know, the gee, it's in a bad location. Yeah, well, if you can move the house, you'll get more showings. If you can take the house that's way out on the outskirts of town and move it downtown, yeah, you'll get more showings. So the reality is uh, – one showing a day is the definition of fair market value, and then what are we – how are we going to correctly do a, a market analysis? So we're going to look at these features of the subject property. How many bedrooms does it have? How many bathrooms does it have, meaning a toilet, a room with a toilet? How many square feet does it have, original square feet, not add-on square feet, uh, does it have a basement or not? Does it have a fireplace or not? Or how many fireplaces? Parking, uh, you know, garage, carports, whatever, or no parking. Air conditioning, yes or no. How many units? Uh, does it have a fence around the yard? What's that made out of? Does it have kitchen features like range oven, dishwasher, disposal, uh, pantry, island, Um uh, Roof? Does it have a roof? Yes, it does. What's that made out of? You know, it's going to be tile, asphalt shingle, uh, wood shake roof, or metal probably. Um, does it have a pool? Uh, what kind of pool is it? A diving pool, play pool, um, and then what is the condition of the property? Okay, so it's it's uh, we're looking for equal to on on active comps were and by the way when do sold comps matter if the market is shooting up do the sold comps matter of course not if the if the market is shooting down do the sold comps matter of course not so when do they matter they really never matter you know you can do sold comps and say well i'm you know it's in the 500 right range not million not 200 but uh you're in competition with other houses for sale, so it is those the- comp- the competing active listings is what you have to worry about. So I would take a harder look at those. And then you after you do that, then you might look at the sold comps. So I'm going to uh, you know look at the differences. So how to pull the comps is the secret. So, if I'm a buyer, I might be looking at houses uh, in a ten mile, somewhere in a ten mile radius. So you know, if you think about your your house that you live in, did you ever look at any other houses outside of that exact neighborhood? Well, of course you did. Well, what's the farthest house you ever looked at to buy that isn't the one you're living in now? And some some of you might say, "Oh, it's probably five miles away, or three miles away, or eight miles." But I would look in a ten mile radius from your subject property. Uh, and weight that 10-mile radius towards downtown. So uh, better than means closer to town. So I'm looking for – please write this down – equal to or better than houses. So equal to in condition, location, uh, features, square footage, and lot size, okay? Okay equal to, or better than. Now when you do your search, pick a 10-mile radius. If you're out on the outskirts of town, like if you're out on the northwest corner of Austin, let's say, then, then pick make most of the circle where you're drawing your comps from south and east of you because that's better than, okay? So all the comps that we're going to consider have to be equal to or better than uh, in features and square footage, and 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 then we'll adjust for the location and the condition. Condition really doesn't matter that much because you can smear whipped cream on poop and make it, you know, better, as I like to say. <laughs> Have you ever smeared whipped cream? on No.
2: Not not this week. <laughs> no. no. On
1: toast, maybe. <laughs> but uh, so. I'm going to notice. I'm going to circle the differences in the comps that pop up. So I'm going to. What I want to do is stick in a ceiling price. So let's say uh, let's say the house is five hundred ish. Okay. So I'll put in a million, and then if my, my if my subject property is three bedroom, two bath, fifteen hundred square feet, no basement, no fireplace. Uh, two-car garage, AC cooling, uh, wood fence, and uh, asphalt shingle roof, no pool, and average condition. Okay. Then I'm going to look – I'm not going to consider condition, but I'm going to look for three bedrooms plus four bedrooms and five bedrooms all the way up to a million bedrooms. I'm going to look for two-bathroom houses, in other words, more than a bath and a half or greater. Uh, I'd probably pick 1,450 square feet or greater. And then uh, two-car garage and three-car garage and four-car garage. Uh, Air conditioning. Now, if I'm in 500000 price range, they all have air conditioning. I'd probably leave that out of the search. Um, The fence I'd leave out of the search because you can can adjust for that. So that's what I'm looking for. And then I'm going to Put in a million dollars and below all the way down to zero and see how many pop up in my search. So let's say it's 30. Then I'll lower. I'll keep lowering by $100,000 or $25,000 until I get to about 15 or 20 comps, active comps. Then I'm going to print those out on paper. If you think you can do this on the computer screen, you're high on something. You can't. You've got to print it out on paper. So I can lay them next to each other and go, yeah, this is the one. That's when that one's out, and do that. Can't do it on a on a computer screen. You you don't try to save paper. Print them out on paper, and then uh, and by the way, if you're doing a CMA and you have a question about it, you can always call me at four eight zero three eight five eight eight one zero. I'd be happy to help you. So the uh, the reality is, I get it, get them printed out, then I stack them in order of. Uh, price. So I want the cheapest price on the top of the stack. Okay. Now I'm going to look at that comp, the cheapest one in the whole list that I printed out, and say if this one was free and my, uh, I, if I was going to inherit my subject property for free or inherit this comp for free, which would I prefer to inherit? Now, again, the most important thing is the location that's going to make the future value of it better. The condition, every house is going to wear out and get stinky. So long-term, which would be a better investment? The features, again, are all equal to or better, aren't they? Because that's how we set up the search. The lot size might be different. Uh, but I, So I'm, if I, I'll look at the lot size. I'll look at the part of town it's in. If I look at that cheapest one and it's in the hood, and mine is not, then I'm going to wad that one up and throw away. So the location is the thing I'm going to look at the most. Um, people say, oh, well, this school district, I, I don't think people care about school districts. If you think I'm wrong, mm, call me. We'll see. But it, it is the neighborhood, okay? People will send their kids to a crappy school to live in a nice neighborhood. I, I know I did. You know. You know. can. And by the way, you can send your kid to a private school. You can live in a— in a nice neighborhood, and if the crappy school, school district, send them to a private school. People do that. Or oh, try do. to homeschool them. Oh no, just I just—I was the val- valedictorian of my uh, homeschooling experience. I will say that. <laughs> so. Uh, so the neighborhood, you know, that counts. So you're—we're making the judgment. We get very judgy about the area and how close it is from downtown. So a little rule of thumb I like to use is a th- in minutes driving time to downtown, uh, $1,000 a minute is what I would give it. By the way, we're going to do a shameless plug. While I drink coffee, Bob Leffler's shameless plug. By the way, if any of this stuff makes sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you are open to the idea of having some help, Maybe Fearless Agent Coaching is for you. Go to fearlessagent.com. Watch our free webinar in the upper right-hand corner of the banner. Click on that watch that. You can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That's my cell phone. I will answer, unless I'm doing the podcast. But sometimes we pick up the phone, put you on the air to humiliate, I mean, to you know, let you be a participant. You have been known to answer right in the midst of what right, we're doing. It's not going to kill us, right? You have a little yeah. person. So I love talking to realtors. Don't think you're bothering me. Please don't email me or text me. Always call because sales is about the phone. And uh, go to fearlessagent. By the way, if you're an owner of a real estate company and you happen to be recruiting fewer producing agents than you wish you were, go to fearlessagentrecruiting.com, watch that video, and then give me a call. We can help you with that too. So now we're talking about pricing. Um, Equal to or better than in every way. So I'm, tr- I'm going through the list and I'm trying to find one comp. How many comps does an appraiser use? The answer is they show three, but they only use one. So we're going to do what appraisers do. We're going to use one, the cheapest active comp that if I was a buyer, I would like better than my subject property, Okay, So if you're screwed up on the pricing, it's because you chose the wrong comp to hang your hat on. So I'm going to look for the cheapest one in the 10-mile radius equal to or better than features square footage and then I'm going to make adjustments for the differences. So I will circle the differences. Now the differences I'm circling. Are mostly always better than. It's more bedrooms than mine. It's more square footage than mine because I set the search up so it's equal to or better than. So I'll make, I'll make those circles and then we'll adjust and you have to make a judgment call on that. When you're a fearless agent, we teach you how to do that. And we get to be very accurate. So the other thing to know is that price per square foot is the big lie. So if you if you take the price of a five hundred thousand dollar square foot house and then you divide it by fifteen hundred, then that comes up with you know a hundred or so, whatever. Who knows how many square feet? But what was the, for the difference between the two homes? What would an appraiser give you? And it's probably forty bucks a square foot, thirty five bucks a square foot, something like that. And that's for original square footage, uh, not room addition square footage or something like that. Or I've enclosed my. Uh, parking area. So price per square foot is the big lie. So use40 dollars a square. If you if you think it's worth way more than that per square foot, you call me. We'll see. So for example, my Tulsa versus Los Angeles is the is the extra uh, 100 square feet. You know if I take a million dollar house in LA, is the extra hundred square feet in that nineteen fifty three one bath house going to be worth any money? No, if the house burned down, it wouldn't matter. The lot is worth all the money so uh it's worth almost nothing but you know an appraiser would probably give you thirty five bucks a square foot for that. so the reality is you have to subtract out the value of the lot and then you know when you build a house brand new it's worth that amount of money that day and then it continues to wear out and get stinky and and uh, things break and the, the square footage is worth less and less and less on the house and more and more and more on the lot is the way that works. So um, learning how to do uh, this stuff correctly is going to make you a lot more money when you're a fearless agent. So again – Uh, I want to thank all of you for joining us today. Please do visit us at FearlessAgent.com. If you're an owner, go to FearlessAgentRecruiting.com. Watch all the videos on my website. You can call me directly uh, anytime at 480-385-8810. You can also subscribe to FearlessAgent.tv and subscribe to this podcast. And until next week, do what me and Ramon always do. What do we do, Ramon? We always have fun, don't we? Oh, yeah. We always stay humble. God knows we should. We should try. And always be fearless. Thanks, gang.